Hi everybody, welcome to episode 26 of the Photography Explained podcast. In this episode, what does ISO stand for in photography? Might sound dull, but it's important. Bear with me. I'm your host Rick and each week I will try to explain one photographic thing to you in plain English in less than 10 minutes without the irrelevant details. My aim is to explain things in just enough detail to help us with our photography and no more. What does ISO stand for in photography? This is my answer. ISO in photography refers to the sensitivity of your camera sensor to light. The higher the ISO number, the more sensitive your sensor is to light. The lower the ISO number, the less sensitive your sensor is to light. A low ISO setting is generally better than a high ISO setting. ISO is one of the three elements of the exposure triangle, the others being aperture and shutter. And if that doesn't get me the Google snippet, I don't know what will. What does ISO actually stand for? Well, yet another thing that um, if we were starting a game with photography, we wouldn't have this term. ISO is International Standards Organization, an organization that exists to standardize things across the world. So um, absolutely no criticism of this organization for doing this because it's, it's dull but very important stuff that they do. So fair play to them. So what does it actually mean, ISO? Well, let's not worry about that. If we go back in the day, back in the film days, there used to be, as well as ISO, other film sensitivity scales, which were DIN, D-I-N, and ASA. What do these all stand for? Well, I don't really care, to be honest with you. ISO is the thing that we need to know about. So what do the numbers in the ISO range mean? Okay. An ISO of 100 is a low ISO. An ISO of 12,800 is a high ISO. There is something called an ISO scale. And these are the main numbers in the ISO scale. Now, this is as dull as the aperture scale and the shutter speed range. But there is at least an amount... Well, no, there's complete logic to this scale. Let me tell you what the numbers are, and then I'll tell you what they mean. ISO scale, 100, 200, 400. 800, 1600, 3200, 6400, 12800, 25600. Now, there are lower ISOs of 50. There's probably 25. There might be 12. There's higher ISOs than 25600. Next one being 25600 times 2, which would be 51200, I think. And then I guess you would have 100 and 2,400, and then you'd have a 200 and something thousand, and then a 400, then it's ridiculous, isn't it? The normal ISO range, then the range that I use, is 100 to 400. That's it. But what do these numbers actually mean? You probably noticed that these numbers double, 100, 200, 400, etc. Each doubling of the ISO, or each time you change the ISO setting on your camera, you are doubling the sensitivity of the sensor to light. An ISO of 200 makes the camera sensor twice as sensitive to light as 100 ISO. So it's a doubling. So each of these doublings or progressions up the ISO scale is a full stop. Now, moving from 100 to 200 is a doubling of the sensitivity to light. It's equivalent to an, a one-stop doubling, which is directly related to a one-stop adjustment of the aperture. If you make the aperture one-stop, i to get the number right here. If you go from f5.6 to f8, 
you are halving the amount of light, which is a one-stop adjustment. Same applies to shutter speed. I went through the shutter speed range, and each of those changes of the shutter speed is a one-stop change. And the three things combined together, and I'm going to try and explain this in the next episode, so we won't dwell on that here. Between you and I, I'm sort of dreading coming out with the definitive explanation of exposure triangle because I always mess it up. And that's why I've tried to do it bit by bit. So I've done aperture, done shutter, third parties, ISO. Let's move on. What is the best ISO? The lower the number, the higher the quality. In very broad general terms. And the higher the number, the higher the chance of you getting noise in the photo, which will impact on it. So there isn't a best ISO. The lower the ISO you can do, the better. What's noise? Noise is just stuff that makes a photo look grainy and not sharp and messy and horrible. The only good thing about noise is that people outside of photographers don't know what it is. They might be able to see it, but they wouldn't know it was a noisy photo. But there is one thing that people who are not into photography do know, and that is what a blurry photo is. So if you have a choice, let me explain that first. If you're taking a photograph handheld and you have two options, one is to use a shutter speed that is so slow that you're going to get a blurry photo, or you increase the ISO to make the sensor more sensitive to light, allowing you to use a faster shutter speed and get a sharp photo, you're better off getting a sharp, noisy photo than a blurry, noise-free photo. You can do things with noise in Photoshop and Lightroom and with other plugins which are available, which I don't really use. You take a photo and it's blurry. It's blurry forever. There's nothing you can do about it. And that's the facts. Use the lowest ISO you can, and if you need to increase the ISO to get a sharp photo, do so. That is all you need to know about ISO. Take your photos on a tripod, and you can just leave it on the lowest ISO possible. And now I take 95% of my photos from my commercial work on a tripod. I have left my ISO on my Canon 6D on 100 for, can't remember how long now. Every now and then when I'm in poor light and I'm shooting handheld, which isn't often, I might go for a higher ISO. 200, 400. I don't remember last time I used 800 and I used 1600 when I was just mucking around, experimenting. Let's not overthink this. The lowest ISO you can use to get a sharp photo, the better. How do ISO, aperture and shutter speed relate? We'll come back to that in the next episode. Is there anything else I want to say? I'm not sure why I put that in my list for the, for this show. Yes, I have notes, would you believe? Not really. Low ISO is good. Blurry photo, bad. Okay, so what's next? In the next episode, I am going to explain the exposed triangle better than last time. And now we're on to the thank you section. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave a nice review and a rating wherever you get your podcasts from. I don't like asking for a five-star rating. I think that's pushing it a bit. And please subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you could tell one person about my podcast who might be interested, you will have my thanks forever. Not that that's much use to you, granted. Yeah, check out my website, rickmacavoyphotography.com, where you can find out all about me and my architectural photography, my construction photography, my landscape photography, my travel photography. And also, find out how you can get in touch to ask me a question that I will uh, gladly explain for you on the one of the future episodes of the Photography Explained podcast. You can also see a list of the things that I've got down to explain. You can actually go through an episode list as well and you can play old episodes if you want to. Yeah, that's me done. 
First episode of 2021. Let's hope 2021 is better than 2020. This episode was brought to you by the power of sheer optimism. I've been Rick McAvoy. Thanks again for listening and giving me 11 minutes of your valuable time. And I'll see you on the next episode. Cheers from me, Rick. My brand new course, How to Become a Real Estate Photographer, straight talking advice for beginners to get you making money quickly and build a career, is available to buy now. Find out more at rickmacavoyphotography.com forward slash courses.